the Ramayana is actually spans seven books, and those seven books, each book is called a kand. The fifth book is titled Sundar Kand. Traditionally, the Sundar Kand is actually prioritized to be discoursed upon first whenever starting a discourse on the Ramayana. So we're going to talk about the Sundar Kand. And in that, we're going to study one of the chapters. There are a total of 68 chapters in the Sundar Kand. We're going to take the first one. And in the first one, there are a total of 210 couplets written in Sanskrit by the sage Valmiki. The total scripture is 21,000 couplets. So literally over the next two weeks, we're going to be discussing just 1% of the Ramayana. Why is the Sundar Khan and this story taken first whenever we discuss the Ramayana? Because this story, this chapter, this book is about finding Sitaji. Everyone looks for Sitaji. Even today, everyone is still looking for Sitaji. A person who doesn't believe in devotion or doesn't have faith is still looking for Sitaji, but just in the form of Lakshmi, in the form of wealth. A devotee of God is looking for Sitaji in the form of bhakti, devotion. Even Ramchandra Bhagwan in the forest, in a very similar situation to us, completely separated from everyone, in complete isolation, spends his days and nights looking for Sitaji. Because for him, Sitaji represents love. Sitaji represents hope. Everyone is always looking for Sitaji. And that's why at the beginning of the Sundar Khan, Hanumanji, he makes an oath. He says, Yavat sitam na pashyami, Rama patnim yashasvinim, Tavat etam purim lankam, Vichinomi puna punaha. He says, I will search the entire Lanka over and over again until I find Sitaji. But let's get to the story now. At the very beginning of the first chapter of the Sundar Khand, the entire monkey army is at the bottommost point of India. And they're having a discussion internally of how we can cross the ocean and reach Lanka. The Guruji of the group, Jambavan, he says, I would love to go, but I've grown too old now. He asks one of the senior monkeys named Angad. Angad says, I have faith that I can jump and reach there, but I don't think I'll be able to make it back. And as this discussion is happening, in the corner is one small monkey named Hanumanji who stays silent. Jambawan goes to him and says, why don't you say something about your strength, if you can do it or not? And Hanumanji says, what's there for me to say? I can't do it. I know that. Jambawan says, why do you know that? What makes you so sure that you can't do it? And Hanumanji points to his leg. He says, I am padena kanjaha, meaning I'm handicapped. Not only am I physically handicapped, I'm the youngest out of everyone here. I'm smaller than everyone else. I'm the least experienced. Even if I could jump across the entire ocean, who knows how many obstacles there are for me on the path. And when I get there, what's waiting for me? How do I find Sitaji? What do I do? How will I make it back? I have so many questions and so many fears. Forget about me. This isn't for me. Jambavan hears all of Hanumanji's complaints all of his fears, his doubts. And then he tells him that you're telling me all of these things just based on your physical outer experience and strength. But I want you to go inside. 
look within and find a different source of strength. A strength that you haven't tapped into, ever. I want you to use the power of your soul. Hanumanji had made a mistake. A mistake that we all make every day of our lives. In fact, we're so used to making this mistake that we don't even realize that it's a mistake anymore. And that's an even bigger mistake, but that's a topic for a whole different discussion. Let me give you an example. Once there was a farmer in India, and he lived in his village, and he decided that I want to make my farming easier. So he went to the city, walked there, and decided to buy some animals. He was poor, but he purchased six donkeys. Don't be surprised, even in India today, in states like Uttar Pradesh or Bihar, quite often they farm with donkeys. He purchased six donkeys and was walking back. And it was a clear road, straight road back to his village. So he got onto one of the donkeys and decided to just turn on the cruise control and get there. And something happens like this when we come home. Say we're driving on a straight highway, we turn on cruise control. Sometimes we lose focus of what's around us. And when we get home and we turn into our driveway, we wake up, oh, how did I get here? In the same way, this person, the farmer, he started to lose focus of what was going on. He, as soon as he got back to his village on the outskirts, when he saw the lake, he woke up. And as he reached home, he looked around to his side and he counted five donkeys. He started getting worried. His wife was outside and his wife saw the look of concern on her husband's face. He said, dear, what's wrong? He said, honey, I went to the city. I bought six donkeys to help in farming, but on the way back, I must have lost my focus, stopped paying attention for a few minutes. One of them must have strayed. And right now I only have five. And the wife smirked at him. He said, why are you smirking? It was a, that smirk that some of you are probably familiar with. You know, your wife tells you to buy certain things from the grocery store and you come home with sour cream instead of shower cream. And she gives you this smirk. What are we going to do, eat burritos in the bathroom? This isn't something you were supposed to do. And the wife just smirked at him. Said, honey, what are you laughing at? What's so funny? And the wife looked at him and said, you count five donkeys, but I count seven. Just coming from the village to the city and then back from the city to the village, this person had lost all sense of where he was. Now, we've been traveling on this path of life for decades. And even before this life, infinite births. So it's become natural for us to forget who we really are. Take a second and join with me in a mental experiment. We're going to go back to this example over and over again through this discourse. When we wake up in the morning, we get ready in the bathroom and then we put on our clothes and we wear what other people want us to wear because there's a dress code. Right now, if you're lucky and you have work from home, even if you have a conference call, you have to wear certain things. Now, if you're really smart, then you can just do business up top party at the bottom where you put your shirt and tie on top and then you can have your sweatpants underneath but you have to take time getting dressed. Then people put on cologne, creams, whatever else they want to put on. And then quite often they take a selfie of themselves, post it on Instagram, add the necessary filters. Once you pass through the entire process, we look at our phones over and over again to see what people's response are. What if somebody doesn't like that pic? What if somebody doesn't like what we're wearing? What if somebody doesn't like our hairstyle? I'm not saying that they're criticizing us. No, there's no insult involved, just a lack of compliments. Now, 
a lack of likes has become the equivalent of a dislike. And that's why these apps have had to remove how many people like our photos. We've gotten everything wrong. We've started to believe that this body is our form. And therefore, when someone compliments this body, we feel that we've been complimented. And when someone insults it, we feel that we've been insulted. Hanumanji made the same mistake. He looked in the mirror and he said that because of my limitations of height, weight, strength, skin color, this is all I can or should attempt to do. He saw, he saw himself like this. And even before he had actually made that jump, he had decided that I need to quit. So there's a switch that we need to flip in our minds. Right now, we're in darkness. But if we flip that switch, then we can move into the light. With this story, at the very beginning of the traditional Ramayana recitation, Valmiki Ji is telling us that we actually have more resources within us than we've ever tapped, more strength than we've ever tested, more energy than we've ever used. Everything we want is within us. Koti Ravi Chandrani, Kanti Jaki Kare, Eva Tara Uravishay Nathabhase. Our Gujarati poets have said that there is more light and radiance in our heart, in our soul, than the light of millions of suns and moons. Because this is so important, because Hanumanji's story teaches us this first, we have to prioritize this. Again, seven books in the Ramayana. Of that, this book is traditionally prioritized first. In that, chapter one is prioritized first. In that, this lesson is prioritized first. Life is all about our priorities. I mean, if you've got a headache, constipation, a broken leg, and have a heart attack, all at the same time, what do you treat first? If you go to treat the headache, you'll die of the heart attack. The heart attack comes first. Obviously, the broken leg hurts. So does the constipation. But that's not the priority right now. So go back. We stand in front of the mirror and we make all of our decisions based on what we see because we feel, we think that the world has actually prioritized my appearance to mean everything about me. The truth is it hasn't. Let me give you an example. In the Indian film industry called Bollywood, Bollywood produces over 1,000 movies every year. That's more than two per day. So if you're constantly producing this many movies, it's natural that you need to promote them. And they do it just like every other country with billboards and social media. So every week, a new face makes a new movie, and that means a new billboard. The next week, new face, new movie, new billboard. Every week, the new face comes on a new billboard, and the old one comes down. That's the lifespan of beauty. One week, tops. But in our same country, India, look at the largest statue in the world. Huh? Sardar Vallabhai Patel, standing in brass, 600 feet, 182 meters tall. No one will ever take it down. Sardar Patel, he's bald, not handsome. He's wearing the simple Indian garments. It's something we need to realize that the world may lust after our beauty and traits, but it truly only loves character. Our Guru Mahan Swami Maharaj, he gives his own example to explain this point. He says that if you want to improve the inside, you have to spoil the outside. And if you want to worry about only the outside, then forget about the inside. He gives his example that in 1998, he had to have a bypass operation. 
The doctor told him that we're going to make an incision from under your neck up to above your belly button. And after the operation, you'll have a permanent deep scar. And the doctor said that there's no alternative to the scar. You have to have it. Mahan Swami Maharaj explains, if I had asked that and said that, doctor, I don't want a scar, what's my other option? The doctor would have only given me one option. If you don't want a scar, then you have to die. If you want to improve the inside, if you want to live, then you have to sacrifice some things. Hanumanji is teaching us our priorities, knowledge of the soul, strengthening ourselves from the inside is more important than anything from the outside. So now I've spoken about this, but you might have a question. The obvious question is, how? Again, back to the same example of Hanumanji now standing in front of the mirror. He looked in front of the mirror, saw his physical appearance, and decided that this is what I am. In the days of the Ramayana, they also had mirrors, but not how we have them today. Today our mirrors are made of traditionally glass. But in the time of the Ramayana, they would take brass, spread fine dust across the brass, and wrap it in cloth. And then when you rub that dust with the cloth against the brass, the friction removes all the impurities from the brass and makes it a reflective, shiny surface. In Tulsi Das's time, in the 16th century, when he was writing the Ramayana in Hindi, in his language, that mirror was called a mukur. Mukur. So if we want to see our physical appearance, we need a mukur. And if we want a mirror, a mukur that goes even deeper, then is there one that does that? So Tulsi Das has said, yes, there is a way. I can give you a mukur, a mirror that shows you your soul. And then he wrote the Hanuman Chalisa and the first line, because priorities, first line, Shri Guru Charana Saroja Nijamana Mukura Sudhare. The Guru is the one who can purify our minds with his words and show us what we really are. Aneka Janma Samprapta Karma Bandha Vidahine Atma Gnana Pradhanena Tasme Shri Gurave Namaha We bow to the Guru who teaches us and gives us the knowledge of our soul, what we really are. Take for example, my Guru Pramukh Swami Maharaj, when he first met Dr. Abdul Kalam in Delhi, Dr. Kalam, who was a famous, renowned scientist, he brought his priorities for the entire country. That in 2020, if I want to make India a global superpower, these are the things I need to prioritize. And Swami, she said, you need to readjust some of your priorities and add spirituality. The Guru helps us organize our priorities. Now I want to take a tangent here. Leave Pramukh Swami Maharaj and Abdul Kalam's story here on the side and go back to the story of Hanumanji. Hanumanji, he heard the words from his Guru, Jambavan, that told him that you need to take this leap of faith based on your inner strength, and he was ready. He went to the very edge of India. He dug his feet into the ground. There was so much force that Valmiki Ji, he describes it, that the trees near him actually became uprooted. And then Hanumanji looked across the ocean and saw Lanka, And saying, Jai Shri Ram, he jumped. There was so much force with it that some of the trees actually flew into the water at the banks of the ocean. Hanumanji is flying in the air and all of a sudden out of the ocean, a huge mountain comes out. Hanumanji didn't know, is this a friend or an enemy? And before he even had to make that decision, 
that mountain actually took a manifest form on top of itself and called out to Hanumanji. It said, my name is Mainak, and I'm actually a friend. Don't fear me. Your father helped me decades ago, and I want to repay the favor to him. I know you want to make this long jump from India to Lanka, but I want to give you a place where you can sit, rest, and relax. You can find Sitaji tomorrow. This is all he said. Valmiki Ji is showing us that the first obstacle for anyone who wants to attain anything great is laziness and neglect. I can do it tomorrow. I've told you so much about the importance of finding spirituality, but everything will just be postponed. For example, we see this beautiful London Mandir, beautiful Mandirs around the world, and we think, I can go later because the Mandir is built to last for a thousand years. Yeah, but are we built to last for that long? Both Bhagwan Swaminarayan and Bhagwan Vyasji have called these two faults, laziness and neglect, the actual forms of Maya delusion. Back to Dr. Kalam. Dr. Kalam realized that this knowledge has so many benefits, I don't want to wait even one second in practicing it, in attaining it. Look, he was here to work for the entire country, but you have to think globally, act locally. Charity begins at home. He rechanneled his energies. The same scientist who has spent all of his time, all of his efforts working on how to go further and further out into space, reprioritized and went deeper and deeper inside. Maybe that's one of the silver linings of the corona pandemic. That right now, since we can't go outside, go in. Dr. Kalam worked on this one thought for 10 years. And after 10 years, he removed the I-ness and minus that he felt in his life, all sense of arrogance and ego, and helped realize his own soul. He himself has written in his book, Transcendence, that Pramukh Swami Maharaj Ji put me into a God-centric orbit. He was flying like Hanumanji. If we know just how much we can benefit from this, we'll want it more. What are the benefits of knowing ourselves to not be the body and to understand ourselves as the soul? Just imagine the benefits we can experience if we don't believe ourselves to be the body. This is still one step away from understanding ourselves to be the soul. I'm saying not plus one, but even going from just negative one to zero has benefits. Within our bodies is the heart. Our heart is one centimeter within our body cavity, and that's where the soul stays. Once we realize that we're all the same, every individual soul is different. But every individual soul is exactly the same. No soul is a man, no soul is a woman. No soul is old, no one is young, no one is Indian or Chinese or Pakistani or Muslim or Hindu or Jewish or Christian. There is no difference in any soul. Every single soul has the same virtues and the same capacity. If we realize that we are the soul, all pain, all prejudice, all hate, everything goes away. And just one step further, in every soul, there is God. There is only one God. When my Guru Mahan Swami Maharaj was flying in 2017 from Delhi to London, he was on a British Airways flight and he met the pilots. And at that time, the pilot said, you're a Hindu, I'm a Christian. So we believe in different gods. Mahan Swami Maharaj corrected him. He said, no, everyone believes in one God. 
Christians describe that God by the name of Christ. Certain Hindus, they describe that God by the name of Krishna or Ram. We describe that God by the name of Swami Narayan. But there is only one God. And that one God exists within every single soul. Isha Vasyam Idam Sarvam Yat Kincha Jagatyam Jagat The first line of the very first Upanishad. Imagine what our lives would be like if we saw God in everyone and in everything. We could be so humble, so polite, so happy. If you saw God in your wife, in your husband, in your children, in your parents, in your neighbors, even in your enemies, then who is a friend? Who is an enemy? Everywhere you look, 24 hours a day, everywhere we look, we would see Ram Bhagwan. We would see Bhagwan. So at the end of this session, of timeless Hindu wisdom. We've gotten through 0.5% of the Ramayana, but we've learned a very important lesson. Don't look at anything about our limitations from the outside. Realize through the words of the Guru what we are within, and may we all be able to take that leap of faith. Shri Swaminarayan Bhagawanani Jai. So we have time for one or two questions. The first question says, I wanted something particular to happen in my life, but things didn't go as planned. So how do I get over it? Well, things rarely go as planned. Even in the satsang that we do, our spiritual activities, it's my general experience that everything always goes to hell when you're doing God's work. But the best thought to have in any situation is one thought that my gurus, Pramukh Swami Maharaj and Mahan Swami Maharaj, always emphasized throughout their entire lives and that's that God is the all-doer. Remembering this in success, it prevents arrogance. Remembering it in failure prevents us from getting depressed, even in those really dark situations. In the Srimad Bhagavat, Kunti Mata actually prays for more and more calamities in her life because every time she experiences misery, she constantly reminds herself and remembers God. It's like this. The darker the night, the brighter the stars. Again, the darker the night, the brighter the stars. The deeper the grief, the closer the God. Whenever you feel lost, take a second, pray to God. Even if you have to do it 10 or 20 times a day, just pray. A person who has asthma occasionally feels short of breath. And each time they lose their breath, they have to take out their inhaler and they have to use it. They never get frustrated because they know that this is my life. In the same way, whenever something happens in your life, don't get frustrated. God is our life. If, every, if at any time you feel short of breath, just pray to him and carry on. Second question today is, you've spoken about this power within and the knowledge of knowing ourselves to be the soul, but what are some daily steps I can take to help me imbibe it? It's a good question. Bhagwan Swaminarayan actually explains this in his scripture, the Vachnamrit. And he says that we have to actually take time out to think about this daily. And like in the story of Hanuman, where he didn't rest on the mountain Mainak, he just kept at it. In the same way, Bhagwan Swaminarayan says that us not being able to realize our true form as a soul is a result of our own laziness and neglect towards not thinking about it. Every day we spend so much time meeting other people 
So now take some time, set it aside and meet yourself. Reaffirm this concept through the guidance of your guru's words and daily practice will help make it firm. Look, take an example. Everyone, when they're born, they get a name. Everyone has a birth name. But as they get older, sometimes certain people get nicknames. When somebody calls you by your nickname for the first time, it doesn't click. But over time, hearing it over and over again, you start to realize that, oh, I'm supposed to respond to this name as well. And we do. In the same way that we accept a nickname first after hearing it, first we accept it, and then after affirming it over and over again. In the same way to realize ourselves as the soul, first accept the words of our guru, that you are the soul, the atma, akshar, and then constantly tell yourself, reaffirm it. So that's how we do it. I'll end with actually a funny story about nicknames as the topic has come up. We have a satsang center in New York. And in New York, whenever the teenage activities would finish, those teenagers would graduate to the youth activities. And for whatever reason, a tradition had been set that the teenager gets a nickname when he comes into the youth activities. They have that homely environment there. So for decades, everyone would get a new nickname when they would enter into the youth activity. So there was a teenager who's really excited to graduate out of the teenage activities, move up and get a cool new nickname. Everyone found out that he was so excited about it. So when he did graduate, they didn't give him one. They kept his name as is. He took it well in the end, but you know, that's just how some things happen. Thank you again for joining me this week. And I'll see you again next week with the second half of this story from the Ramayana. Shri Swami Narayan Bhagavan Ani Jai.